Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Tim Harris. It's time for Tim with Tim. We go verse by verse through the Word of God each day, Monday through Friday, on Facebook, on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, or wherever you uh, log in. I'm probably there. And I appreciate the fact that you're willing to uh, to spend some time with me. Uh, a few of you are live with me, and I love that. God bless you. Uh, some of you watch later. A lot of you watch later. Some of you listen only on, on podcasts. Um, and so, gosh... Uh, what's important is that you're in the Word, and I just want to uh, congratulate you for that. You seem to know what is important in your own life and in your own spiritual life. The, this is the Word of God. It is the bread of life, and it is food for your soul. Uh, so it's good that you come back to the table every single day. Second Kings chapter 19, verses 1 to 37. I think I've been saying this the last few days, but finally... You know, it sounds like the Bible again. <laughs> Second Kings for so long, it was just history, you know, king after king after king. And they were all wicked. I mean, they just were mostly wicked. Uh, and we never got anything like this. And uh, Hezekiah is just so good. And, uh, and I love him. In chapter 19, you know, we have Hezekiah, we have the prophet Isaiah, uh, and we have the triumph of God. And I just love it, love it, love it so much. So let's jump right in. When we left off yesterday, uh, there had been a threat from King Sennacherib from uh, Assyria. He's mocking God. He's threatening the people of God. He's going to uh, come and conquer Jerusalem, of course. And it's not an empty threat. Assyria is the only uh, superpower of its day. There is no nation that can stand against them. And the Assyrians were wicked and brutal. I mean, now I don't just say that. Um, we have a good bit of archaeological uh, artifacts, evidence about the Assyrian Empire. We just do. Uh, we know all about their brutality and, and a lot of what they did, a lot of what you know, we have evidence for, I can't even you know, describe here. Um, I know there are you know, uh, occasions when they would force you know, prisoners to wear the heads of other, you know, you know, the heads of other prisoners who were decapitated around their neck as necklaces and you know, parade through. I mean, they were just brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, and so uh, when they threaten you know, King Hezekiah here, uh, King Hezekiah has nothing. That there's nothing to go up into battle against Assyria. And so that is why when he hears the report, he tears his clothes, he puts on burlap, he goes to the temple of the Lord. Woo, there's a leader right there. Where, where's that been, you know? He doesn't go to the Pentagon. He doesn't call up his generals. He goes, he goes straight to God and, and first acknowledges his weakness. You know, he puts on the clothes of mourning. He puts on the clothes of penitence, you know, repentance, uh, that this man goes to God. And, and I love that. Man, I just like say, where's that been? And where is it in our world? You know, gosh, I wish we had leaders, you know, who put their faith in the in the living God as, as Hezekiah does. So Hezekiah, here's the report, tears his clothes, puts on sackcloth, goes into the temple of the Lord. And there uh, he sent Eliakim, uh, Shebna, and, uh, uh, and the, all to the prophet Isaiah. Uh, and they tell him, you know, King Hezekiah, you know, is is is, is asking for this. Uh, Today is a day of trouble, insults, and disgrace. I like this analogy. It's like when a child is ready to be born, but the mother has no strength to deliver the baby. It's a really interesting analogy. On the one hand, giving birth seems like 
something wonderful could be born out of this, but it's about to be stillborn, you know. The literal word there is, is breaking point. Uh, we're at a breaking point here. Uh, and it's as if, you know, we're in this process of, of giving birth, but unless we have a skilled obstetrician, you know, unless something happens here, an intervention, uh, th th this is going to end in tragedy. Uh, so th the first word is just to Isaiah, pray for us, pray for us. But notice, pray for those of us who are left. The word there is remnant. Uh, the idea of the remnant is very important all through the Old Testament. And, and in many ways, I think people misinterpret a lot of the promises and a lot of what God has done through uh, his people Israel throughout history because they miss this idea of, of remnant. Uh, salvation is kind of, kind of depends upon this remnant theology. The idea that uh, it is never that all of Israel is saved ever. It's always a faithful number within Israel. There are always those who turn away, always those who are lost. And in this case, Hezekiah just says, pray for those of us who are left. You know, in other words, some are already gone. Many are, are following Assyria, that they're not faithful to God, you know. So there is this number within the number which is faithful, and, and those are the ones with which God will move forward. And again, that's very important in salvation history, that idea that God always works with the remnant. Uh, because as I say, it's never that all of all of Israel remains faithful. All of Judah, in this case, remains faithful. That's never the case, but some do, and God moves forward with his people, the remnant. Uh, you see that? So after that, uh, Isaiah then returns with, with a good word. Say to the master, this is what the Lord says, fear not. You know, it's, a, it's your typical salvation oracle in Scripture. Fear not, don't be afraid in this amazing word from God. Uh, listen, I myself will move against him. This is God speaking to the Assyrian king. He's going to go home the same way he came. He's never even going to enter your city, and he's going to be killed by the sword there at home. And, and, and that's the word. Um, again, there's a spiritual warfare here, though, behind the scenes. And notice after that, you know, the enemy comes back one more time with another challenge, another threat. And it is a direct threat against God, against his faith. This is the message for King Hezekiah. Don't let your God in whom you trust deceive you with promises that, 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 that he, he's going to rescue Jerusalem because I done defeated every God in the world. You know, everybody thought their God would deliver me. You know, what makes you think your God is different? You know, I mean, I mean that's the word. Uh, what, what happened to all those nations? What happened to those kings? They all had gods too, you know, and I crushed them and I'll crush you too. I mean, I mean, this is the language. And again, notice how it's directly uh, targeted toward his faith in God. You know, there's not even a whole lot of talk about, man, we got tanks, we got missiles, you know, we can blow you off. No, it's just that, you know, yeah, it's, it's your God that's weak. Don't be trusting in your God, you know. It's almost as if the enemy always knows where your strength comes from, you know. It's almost like he knows where your strength comes from. That's why the devil attacks you at the same spot. If he can just discourage you in your faith, if he can just make you believe that prayer is fruitless or that God is not there for you, if he can just make you believe God doesn't love you or God will never forgive you. I mean, you know what I'm saying? The enemy always attacks you right there at the point of faith because at the point of faith, that's where you're this close to victory. It's like the, the victory is being born, you know, like a baby being born and it's, it's, it's a breaking point sort of moment. After that, Hezekiah receives a letter, uh, goes right back to the Lord. He takes the letter to the Lord's temple, spreads it out there, and prays again. I think verses 15 and following, I think that's 
a, a pretty good prayer. It's a model prayer. Notice how he starts with praise. Oh, Lord God of Israel, you alone, you alone are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God, you know? It's that you alone, it's really important. Because remember, Sennacherib said, yeah, your God's just like all the other gods. And Hezekiah goes back to his God in prayer and says, no, God, you alone, you know, not like other gods. Other gods were false. Other gods were dead. But you are the living God. You're not going to roll over in defeat, you know. You're not going to be buried in insults. You're the living God. You and you alone are God. You see that? It's you alone. Not like this is an incomparable God. You alone. I love these words. Bend down. Listen. Open your eyes, O oh Lord. Listen. Hear. You know, uh, save us. Yeah, I just love it. It's true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all these nations. They've thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could destroy them. Of course, they could destroy them. They weren't gods at all. Now, O oh Lord, our God, rescue us from his power. I love this. I love this. And so then Isaiah comes back with this amazing, beautiful, uh, prophetic oracle, this beautiful prophecy, God speaking against King Sennacherib, the virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. It's like this picture of this purity, this vulnerable young girl that Sennacherib thinks he's picked a fight with, you know, the virgin daughter, the daughter of Jerusalem. But but the the prophecy begins here like, yeah, the, yeah this little girl that you think you picked a fight with, she's laughing at you because you have no idea who you picked a fight with. And then God continues. It's the Holy One of Israel that's about to come back after you. I love this. Notice what God says. I planned this. You think you're all that. You think you've done all this. But honestly, I, I, I've been in control this whole time. You think you're sovereign? I've been the one sovereign this whole time. I know you well. Okay, right there. Uh, let's stop right there. Uh, in my reading of this passage, I just keep flashing back to Jonah. The prophet Jonah. Second Kings chapter 14. I didn't mention it as we went by it, but Second Kings chapter 14, I think it's verse 25, mentions the, the, the preaching of Jonah, the prophet Jonah. And remember, Jonah was the one sent where? To Nineveh. That's the imperial city, the, the capital city of what? Assyria, right? And so Jonah has already preached. Understand, God loves the Assyrians. I, I know, I know they're our enemy here, but God loves them. And God preached and God tried to spare all this by giving the Assyrians an opportunity to repent of their sins. And remember Jonah preached and there was revival. And actually, historically, we know that after in that very period of history, after Jonah preached, there was what uh, historians call a period of stagnation. In other words, for a while, the Assyrians stayed home and quit killing people. It didn't last long, though. And so by the time you get to you know, Tig Tiglath-Pileser and Sennacherib here, the Assyrians are back to their bloody mess. And uh, I just want to remind you, before we get to here, God sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach uh, in order to uh, try to give them an opportunity to, uh, to know God, to love God too. They refused that opportunity, and so here we are. So God fights for his people. That night, uh, the angel of the Lord killed 185,000. Uh, I mean, you know, like just like killed them in their sleep. Um, the Assyrian army goes back home, just like God said, same road they came. And then eventually Sennacherib is killed uh, in the temple of his fake God uh, by his own sons. And his son, uh, Esaradan, becomes the new king of Assyria. Uh, I just love that chapter. And again, for me, I just love remembering the way God sent Jonah to give Assyria an opportunity to repent and know him. 
Uh, I just love that. God is so good. You know, this God is so good. Uh, we read these stories and we think, oh my goodness, he killed 185,000 of them. Yeah, but oh my goodness, his spirit continued to reach out to them for generations before we got to that point. You know, God is good. God is patient. And God would always have us come back in repentance. Uh, pick up right here tomorrow. Hezekiah going to get sick tomorrow, you guys. So uh, uh, come back for a, uh, 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 to 21, okay? Pick up here tomorrow, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim and Tim. Listen, have a great Tuesday. I love you guys so much. I'll see you tomorrow.